Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with your Chicken Soup for the Soul. And today we're going to talk about how you can become more productive by building downtime into every workday. Our special friend Friday guest is my friend and newly minted Chicken Soup for the Soul author, Cosmo DiNicola. Cos, welcome to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. So Cos is one of the busiest, most productive people I know. He is always doing something. He has founded seven different businesses. He's acquired 10 different companies. He took a business public. He sold four companies to big publicly traded companies. At any given time, he's had businesses in healthcare, professional football, and entertainment, while also being very active in his humanitarian and philanthropic activities. He was named Ernst & Young's Philadelphia Region 2018 Entrepreneur of the Year. He's in sports management, managing NFL players, among others, and he was inducted into the City All-Stars Pennsylvania Sports Hall of Fame. He's also a savvy media executive, and he's on the board of our very own publicly traded company, Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment. And there's more because he does so much, but I'll just stop there and finish with what's most important, and that is that he and his wife have been married 46 years, and they have two grown children and two granddaughters. So I'm so glad you could take 20 minutes out of your day to talk to us today. And all of this that I've told you guys out there is just to set you up for this very cool story that Kaz told in our new book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Making Me Time which I know you told me this thing that you did when we were sitting next to each other at a board meeting one day, and then I asked you to write a story for us about it. So why don't you just jump in and tell us where your head was at when you finally decided to make this change in your life? Sure. It goes back a while. I think the the origins of my intensity and all these activities that I have swirling around me my entire life probably is a result of coming from two immigrant families where it was always drilled into us to do more, do better, do as much as you possibly can. And that became the mantra for my life. And I really enjoyed that. I I went all out, did a lot of different things, had a lot of fun. But uh, there was this moment in time, and it was specifically at my 50th birthday party that my wife and family threw me, where I was surrounded by family and loved ones and, and friends and 
employees and people that uh, associated with and having a good time. But when I went home that night, I looked in the mirror and I felt disappointment, almost bordering on sadness. And I just realized that everyone in that room really thought that I was a very accomplished person, except for me. I felt that I had a lot more to accomplish and I wasn't satisfied with who I saw. So then you spent 10 years looking for some kind of new identity, according to your story, but that didn't really do it either, did it? No, you know, it was interesting. Happiness and satisfaction did not intersect. I would say I was a happy person, but I was very unsatisfied with my life. And when you're unsatisfied, that kind of leaks out in your uh, actions and your communications and how you treat people and your thoughts of the world. So I spent the next 10 years trying to figure out how I can get happiness and satisfaction to intersect. And I did a lot of different things. I started a career in sports, which brought me a, a lot of fun and excitement and, and brought a lot of fun and excitement to my family, even to the point of bringing them all together. My parents driving two hours every single time we had a game to watch our football game at our local arena. So I did a lot of things, tried a lot of things. And I have to tell you, each of them did give me happiness, but none of them gave me satisfaction with who I am and who I felt I needed to be. It's interesting that you somehow then figured out that you needed to create that time for yourself each day, that me time, because a lot of us don't naturally get there. Somehow we have to be hit over the head to realize that we need that me time. After the break, we're going to come back and talk about how you solved this problem in your life in a really unusual way. You're, you have quite a unique story within Chicken Soup for the Soul making me time. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. We're back with Cosmo DiNicola, and we're talking about making me time and changing your life through self-care and how he found his way towards self-care and me time. So tell us how you came up with this unique approach. Well, I can't say it was a strategic plan, and I can't even give myself credit for coming up with a approach. But what happened when I turned 60, a lot of devastating things happened in our family. We had five relatives pass away in an 18-month period. And it really hit home with me the fact that uh, nothing is forever and that if we were going to really start living, we have to start doing it right away. So I would say I was jolted into making a transition, but it did happen gradually. You know, I found that um, from a spiritual standpoint, I needed to get in touch with who I was inside. And I started attending Mass and I felt that even in a non-spiritual way, it started to calm me down, slow me down, and really start to think about and reflect on what was important. And right around the same time, this little diner across the street opened, and I went there, 
basically just for a cup of coffee. And even though I'm a very social person, I'm not the type that would sit somewhere and engage a stranger in conversation. And I found that I started to do that very comfortably. And there were people older than me, younger than me, very different than me. And I was able to stop talking about my favorite subject, which was me, and actually start to listen to other people and to get some enjoyment from that and actually collaborate with people. And that helped me relax. And I felt that my breathing was you know, quieter, my heart rate was lower, and I started to really feel like I was part of the world rather than dashing through it. That's a really good point. So you would go to mass, you would go to the diner and have breakfast with people you wouldn't ordinarily be hanging out with in the business day. You also mentioned in your story that you used to read newspapers for business purposes, thinking, well, I must read these articles because they will help my business. And then you realize, wait, I could just read whatever I want in the newspapers for my own enjoyment and edification. Well, it was, it was just really a minor tweak. So I continued to read the same newspapers. I continued to enjoy them, but I was enriched by what I was reading. And I was cutting out articles instead of everything being about business or a strategy or something that I wanted to replicate. It was about people doing nice things and people caring. And it was more humane. And that started to make me much more aware of the world that was outside of my family that was outside of my business interests. And I think that helped motivate me to create my private foundation to do some humanitarian work. And now I find that that part of my world brings me the most fulfillment and happiness. So we always say that when you find your personal type of me time that works for you, even though you're taking that downtime every day, you'll end up doing so much better in your work life, in your personal life, in all your relationships. So what kind of reactions did you get from your family and the people you work with most closely when you changed your whole attitude through your morning ritual? Well, I've heard comments like, you're more normal. <laughs> I don't know what normal really means, but someone said that I became more of a normal person. My wife said I became a better listener. Uh, and... What was interesting about the people that know my story, the hardest thing that they have to accept is that I may have been sad because everyone saw me as a happy, gregarious, outgoing, accomplished person. And no one could see beyond that to see how frustrated I was, bordering on sadness at times, that I wasn't satisfied with who I was, not what I was, but who I was. So I think everyone struggled with coming to grips with the fact that I may have had some disappointment in myself because their reaction was, how is that even possible given your accomplishments? Well, I may have had a lot of great accomplishments from a business standpoint, but internally I wasn't, again, intersecting that happiness and uh, satisfaction. The second part was pigeons. No one really understands the pigeon part of my story. Collecting and raising pigeons is an unusual hobby for anyone, certainly an unusual hobby in this day and age. But for me, it brought me back to my basic roots and my childhood where I was excited about the future and thinking about what I wanted to accomplish. So it brings me back from A all the way to Z. 
where I started, where I was happy and excited, and now where I'm at, where I'm happy and satisfied. So you raise pigeons and you train them and do they go out on runs and come back and do exercises and things like that? Well, there, there are various types of pigeons. Uh, there are racing pigeons where literally they'll go on hundreds of miles races. And there's a great story in uh, uh, World War II and World War I, how pigeons were used to transport and communicate information back and forth behind the enemy lines. But my focus has been on what are called show pigeons that are really pigeons of, of beauty. And uh, they're appreciated for their uniqueness. Each breed has uh, interesting colors and body shapes and feathers and things of that nature. And the final part of the pigeon story is that this spring, I will start breeding pigeons for the first time since I was a child. And that makes me even more excited because it's going to make more me time as I hang around the coop. So uh, it's an unusual hobby, and it's certainly an unusual hobby with someone who has such an aggressive list of businesses that he has to stay focused on, but it slows me down, and it makes me happy, and it makes me satisfied with where I have come in my life. I think that's fabulous. I think that you're a great example of what we say in our Making Me Time book, which is that there are 101 different ways to find your me time. And they do say often that you should go back to what you loved doing when you were 10 years old, that that's a really effective way of finding your happiness. So it sounds like you have done that perfectly. Whoever said that, I could have actually quoted that myself because that was a happy, exciting time in my life. And I, I feel like I've recaptured it. But more important than just me being happy and satisfied is that now that I'm happy and satisfied, that basically is a reflection on everyone that's around me, whether it's my family, my friends, my coworkers, my relationships, and the world in general benefits as a result of every human being that feels happy and satisfied. And uh, I'm excited to be part of that. Well, I think it's funny that they're telling you you're more normal and giving you all these compliments that are almost backhanded insults because I got the same thing when I started working at Chicken Soup for the Soul and reading, you know, tens of thousands of stories from other people and finding that I was more grounded and less judgmental and more grateful for everything in my life. And all these people who've known me for years said, you're so nice now. And I, you know, I've always wondered, okay, well, what was I like before, <laughs> right? These are these compliments that we get when we make these life changes. Well, that's a good point because in addition to that person saying I'm more normal, someone else said that I'm not the same person I was 12 years ago. And I'm like, all right, what, is, what does that mean? <laughs> uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But Okay, well, I'm in the club with you where everybody thinks we've improved, but we don't really want to talk about where we came from, apparently. <laughs> you, know, you know, life life goes on, and uh, I'm, I'm happy when you can make progress on any level. And uh, again, I think I've intersected the two points of uh, happiness and uh, satisfaction. So I'm, I'm pleased with where I've come, and it's it's come as a result of not necessarily changes in me, but in changing my focus on me rather than changing me. Well, I think that's great. Where can people learn more about what you do and your different nonprofit work? And just what website would you like to send people to to learn more about you? 
Well, we're very proud of our two main websites, one that's more focused on our entrepreneurial pursuits, which is cosmodenicola.com. And then from a humanitarian and philanthropy standpoint, cosmocares.com. Okay, cosmocares.com. Yeah, I've, I know I've been to that one. Well, thank you so much, Cos, for a very productive chat today. And um, I will see you at our next board meeting. Did you, have you ever had any of the stories mention pigeons? I was just curious. No, you're the first. <laughs> Pretty good, huh? You're the first that's, in that's tens of funny. thousands of stories. You are unique. That's unbelievable. Well, thank you so much for everything you do for me. And you know how much uh, I think of you guys. All right. Well, I will see you soon. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. I'm Amy Newmark. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to learn more about the book that Kaz and I talked about, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Making Me Time, go to our website, chickensoup.com and click on the podcast button. You'll see the book there. You can look at the front cover, the back cover, read more about it, and you will find it wherever books are sold, including Walmart, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, your local independent bookstore, and Amazon. If you want to read stories from Chicken Soup for the Soul, you can sign up for our daily newsletter and you'll get a free story in your email inbox every day. There will be lots of stories from this book about making me time. So just head to chickensoup.com and click on the newsletter sign up button. You can also follow me on Twitter where my handle is at Amy Newmark and you'll see links to those free stories. Come back for our next episode as we start thinking about Mother's Day and the magic of moms. I'm going to share two stories that are very relevant these days about two moms who help their children deal with racism and divisiveness in the society we live in in a very productive way. 